now it's time for us to discuss some of these headlines in our keyword news portion of the day. We're joined by Adam. Good morning. Good morning, Lena. Happy hump day. Oh, happy hump day. We're halfway there. It's wonderful. <laughs> it certainly is. It certainly is wonderful. Another half of a week to look forward to. <laughs> We're trying something here. Is it sticking? Um, if you find it artificial, uh, listeners, let us know. <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think I need to find my zen with yoga. Yes. Happy International Yoga Day, according to the United Nations. Well, happy International Yoga Day. I'm not really a yogi myself. Uh, I'm more close with the yogi bear, uh, but uh, <laughs> does that date me too much? But uh, anyway. a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. So, yeah. I certainly will be uh, listening in to see what it's all about. All right, so that's coming up in our second hour. If you need two cents to share, if there are any yogis out there, if you tried or braved yoga, let us know about your personal experience. In the meantime, there is something to talk up. Yes, the World Expo. This is our first keyword of the day. Perfect Expo. So President Yoon has presented South Korea's vision for hosting the 2030 World Expo in the port city of Busan. He has promised that the event will be the best of all time if held in the southern city. Run us through his speech. Yes, there's certainly quite a, an elaborate speech made and a, a lot of promises and vows that were also made as well. And he stressed the country's will to make the uh, exhibition a platform to address the most pressing challenges the world is facing and he said korea is a qualified candidate to host the event and he added that the Pusan expo if it will be the Pusan expo will be a venue for uh, creating new business opportunities as well and he said Pusan is a city of the future that will become a solutions platform addressing humanity's complex and urgent challenges and he also said Korea's state-of-the-art digital technology will provide a fantastic stage for exchange. And he noted that the war 70 years ago devastated Korea, but said the international community helped Korea transform itself into uh, an economic powerhouse of high-tech industry and innovative technology. Therefore, you said Korea wishes to give back to the international community um, what it has received thus far. And you stressed Korea is fulfilling uh, 1,258 official development assistance or ODA projects mm. with BIE member states. And he added that Korea is committed to providing its largest ever assistance package for more than 110 uh, member states. Uh, he touted Korea's experience of hosting global events as well, namely uh, two expos that were held um, before in Taejeon and Yasu, a World Cup, uh, and of course, summer and winter games as well. Mm -hmm. Now, Yoon said uh, Korea is united and Busan is ready. And he wrapped up his speech, stressing that the 2030 Busan Expo aims for international unity. Mm. So clearly uh, saying that, that we will use a platform to do more than just host an excellent expo. There will be a clear mm. message there about how we can do more to help the international community and countries that may need a little bit of assistance from South Korea. It's mm -hmm. come a long way from seven decades ago. Mm. Uh, Yoon was joined by, of course, other presenters. Not that he needs any hype, but he was kind of noticeable. Singer Sai, what did he have to say? Yeah, so he introduced uh, Korea as a country where uniqueness uh, thrives. <laughs> uh, Sai said uh, the country's vibrant energy will offer uh, opportunities for everyone to shine. And he added that Busan will showcase the transformative power of Korean culture uh, and technology. And he said he believed the Expo of Busan will unite 
uh, us all. Uh, recalling his own kind of unconventional rise to fame, mm. he noted Korea uh, embraces a culture that values freedom, which has also allowed Korean content to reach fans globally as well. Of course, he was alluding to his uh, uh, rise to fame with his Gangnam style uh, phenomenon that happened um, <laughs> years back. <laughs> yes, it certainly was uh, a global record uh, uh, via YouTube and that music video. Uh, now, the other speakers were uh, Lee Soo-in, the CEO of an education technology company that develops uh, early education uh, applications, and uh, Chin Yang-gyo, chief architect of the proposed World Expo site uh, in Busan as well, who all made uh, similar uh, remarks to uh, then what uh, from what uh, Yoon and Sai were saying as well. Mm, considering the timeline is pretty short from now until November, right? Until they vote for where the destination will be for the 2030 mm. World Expo. Clearly, it seems the administration is willing to double down, if not triple down. So brace yourselves, mm. Adirang listeners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's not the only reason why the president was in Paris. Let's talk about that sit down. This is our second keyword of the day. Yoon meets Macron. So, of course, while in Paris, Yoon also met with his counterpart, uh, Emmanuel Macron. What did they talk about? Yes, well, they discussed uh, security matters, first off, including cooperation in the UN on North Korean threats and strengthening their uh, economic partnership as well. Uh, Yoon said South Korea and France will closely cooperate to deal with North Korea's unlawful uh, provocations. And he added that North Korea's nuclear threats are, of course, grave challenge beyond uh, the Korean Peninsula. Uh, and meanwhile, Macron congratulated South Korea on its election to the UN Security Council. So now as a, uh, or starting next year, as a non-permanent member of the UNSC, uh, the UN administration is certainly doubling down on its efforts to try and rein in uh, the North. And he said it will, he said it will provide the two countries an opportunity to work closely together uh, on North Korean issues as well. Now, Macron said France will support South Korea in order to resolutely deal with the North Korean nuclear issue. Uh, He also vowed to continuously and firmly denounce the clear violations of human rights by Pyongyang as well. Now, the two also focused uh, on ways to cooperate to promote practical economic cooperation. Uh, They vowed to build a stable supply chain, including in future strategic industries, such as uh, space and aviation. Mm. Uh, Yoon reaffirmed South Korea's commitment to working closely together with the international community, including France, to rebuild and restore peace in Ukraine in its ongoing war against uh, Russia. Uh, And he also said South Korea will contribute to building a free, peaceful and prosperous Indo-Pacific region as a global responsible state, as he put it, and worked closely with France in the process. And he also expressed hope that Macron and the French people uh, will take an interest in South Korea's bid to bring the World Expo to Busan as well. So, of course, the Expo, uh, promoting the Expo, was, of course, one of the agenda items of that summit. All right, with that, we move on to our third keyword of the day. Voting rights. So as tensions between South Korea and China mount, the head of the People Power Party has pledged to scrap the voting rights of Chinese nationals in Korea. They are extended that right as they reside in the country. Mm. This is surely likely to cause more controversy between Seoul and mm. Beijing. Certainly is. Uh, Kim Gyeon's comments in, in Parliament appears to be an attempt to exploit kind of the growing anti-China sentiment that is uh, uh, been evident among Koreans. Uh, such sentiment has been escalating, especially following 
uh, the Chinese ambassador to Seoul, Xing Haiming's recent comment that Korea is making what he called uh, the wrong bet by leaning towards the United States. Uh, and he called for a change in electoral policies for foreigners uh, living in Korea. He said Korea-China relations uh, need to be re-established under the principle of reciprocity. Now, he said that more than 100,000 Chinese nationals here had the right to vote in the local elections last June, but he noted that no Korean nationals in China uh, are able to cast their ballots there. Now, Kim also criticized that the health insurance coverage for Chinese nationals in Korea uh, is much broader than what Koreans living in China receive. And he said the Chinese are enjoying greater benefits, adding it is inappropriate and unfair. Uh, he stressed that Korea should stop wasting the National Health Insurance Fund on foreigners' medical tourism, as he put it, and prevent uh, health insurance fraud and free riding on the health insurance um, system. Now, foreigners uh, who have resided in Korea for uh, three or more years after obtaining permanent residency are given the right to vote in local uh, elections. The majority of them are Chinese, about 80%. Uh, to be precise. Now, the PPP, uh, the ruling party, has been arguing Chinese residents' voting rights should be limited. Uh, the UN administration has been showing uh, a positive response, and several government officials have been uh, sharing Kim's sentiment as well. So, of course, uh, they are very controversial remarks mm. and sentiments coming from the ruling party. Uh, of course, Chinese nationals living here aren't going to be happy with that, mm. and there's going to be questions of uh, discrimination as well that might be propping up um, uh, amongst the Korean public as well. But uh, there you have it. Uh, that goes, it goes to show just the tense uh, rivalry that mm. has been growing between Korea and China recently. Especially. Because it's hard for us to ignore that political angle, isn't it? Mm. I mean, the timing of it all. Why would the People Power Party leader be inclined to bring this up at this point where Seoul-Beijing mm. relationship is already walking on wafer-thin ice? Uh, we'll Certainly have to is. wait and see. As you've said, what the reaction is like from the voters who will be deprived of their rights if this is actually uh, happening, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Why are we always running out of time? Let's move on to our fourth <laughs> key word of the day. Investor state suit. So an international arbitration tribunal has ruled that Korea should pay $53.6 million in compensation to U.S. hedge fund manager Elliott Management. This essentially ends a dispute settlement case stemming from a 2015 merger of the two Samsung affiliates. Yeah, so the Appellate Court of Arbitration uh, in The Hague delivered the verdict on Tuesday. Now, the compensation equates to roughly... 7% uh, of the damages initially sought by the investment firm. So it is just a fraction. Uh, Korea must also pay, however, uh, Elliot, about eight years worth of compound annual interest at a 5% rate. Uh, Korea also needs to pay um, roughly $29 million for legal fees, while Elliot has to pay uh, the state some $3.5 million for legal bills. Now, the total amount of payment is estimated to be around $101 million for Korea. Now, the dispute centers around the uh, controversial merger of Samsung CNT and Chael Industries back in 2015. Elliott, once a shareholder of Samsung CNT, says that it led to substantial losses for the firm, uh, resulting from the former Park administration's intervention of that deal. Now, that deal, of course, later became 
the center of a massive uh, corruption scandal that eventually led to Park's impeachment and ouster. Uh, the fund tried, but in vain, to block the deal uh, and initiated a legal dispute in 2018 by filing the settlement um, against Korea's Justice Ministry. Uh, this marks the second time for Korea uh, to compensate millions of dollars in investor state uh, suits. Now, the ruling could also affect five other ongoing ISDS suits involving mm. Korea. Uh, the Justice Ministry said it plans to announce its future plans after analysing uh, the ruling. And finally, our last keyword of the day. National Emergency Declaration. So the U.S. President Joe Biden has sent a letter to U.S. Congress stating that he wants to extend the National Emergency Declaration period with regard to threats posed by North Korea. What, what does this imply, Adam? Right. So uh, it's been basically extended uh, for years on end. Uh, so it's just an update on that. And the, re- uh, the letter that was released by the White House, it cites the North's ongoing, ongoing uh, weapons threats. Now, this includes the existence and risks of nuclear weapons, Uh, military provocations and other uh, aggressive acts. Uh, Biden added in the letter that all this continues to constitute an unusual and extraordinary threat to the national security, foreign policy and economy uh, of the United States. Therefore, he said he is continuing for one year the national emergency declared in Executive Order 13466 with respect to North Korea. Uh, Now, the uh, national emergency declaration is automatically terminated unless... Uh, the president publishes in the Federal Register and transmits to Congress a, notings, uh, a notice uh, stating the emergency will continue. So that's what he uh, has done. So it's pretty much a formality uh, because the U.S. certainly feels that North Korea still poses a threat to the national security of the United States. All right. So keeping that status quo, thank you very much, Adam, for today's coverage. And tomorrow I'll talk less so we can get through this without <laughs> wrapping through the last part. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow. Certainly. Stay dry and uh, see you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.